Well, she couldn't understand why she couldn't get any calls, but she uh, had the mute switch on, and, um, you know, it's not going to work. Oh, oh my gosh, are we live? Sorry. And now, join Chet and Gary with Apple Products, the senior angle. Good morning, Chet. How are you today? I'm doing great, Gary. Well, today we're going to talk about universal control. And to be honest with you, when it was first released, I thought it was kind of gimmicky. But after talking to you, I can see some very, very good advantages to using it. So I'm going to let you go in and explain a little bit more about this new universal control that was released with uh, 15.4. Okay, yeah, it's a new feature that's in iOS 15.4. It also requires the latest version. I think it's 12.3 of Monterey on the Macs in order for this to work. But what this is is the ability to connect remote devices to a MacBook or an iMac or a Mac Mini um, and it, it's kind of interesting. We've always had the capability of adding a screen and having the screen displayed and being able to move your cursor to another screen and so forth. But universal control takes us one step further. Instead of actually having the device attached, it is connected wirelessly. And you can actually, when you, you look at the settings, for example, it says link the keyboard and mouse to the device so that you actually can go and control that device as opposed to having it physically connected. Um, with an iPad, this is very interesting, and a MacBook. Uh, and what I've got at home when I'm working is I have my MacBook, I have a, an external monitor sitting there, so a little bit bigger screen that I can look at. And the screen is hardwired to, or not hardwired, but connected physically to the MacBook. But then I can open up my iPad, my 12.9-inch iPad, and I can now connect it using universal control, and I can see the, or not see, but I can control the iPad from the trackpad and the keyboard on my MacBook. Uh, and basically what I do is, uh, just like when you have an attached monitor, you can just move the cursor over to that monitor. I can do exactly the same thing and move the cursor off the screen of the monitor, push it past the edge of the monitor, and it pops up on my iPad. And then once it's on my iPad, I can do anything on the iPad that I want to do that, that's coming um, you know, from the keyboard. And it's really pretty impressive uh, to see this work. So that, that would take the need for a Bluetooth mouse with your iPad then. You could use the... You can use your keyboard and right. your trackpad from your Mac, or your, if you've got a mouse on your Mac, uh, you can use the keyboard and the mouse from your Mac. Uh, if you have a Mac Mini, for example, and you have an external keyboard and a mouse that are hooked up to the Mac Mini, that uh, would be fine to use along with your iPad also. Uh, and it, it really is impressive when, the, when this works. Uh, one of the questions I've kind of been wrestling with is exactly what would I do with this and how would I use this? And it's a really neat party trick, but is it right, is it right, really right, usable? Right. Uh, that, that's uh, the real question. Uh, and the answer to that is I think it is. And I know that when I'm putting together presentations for the club, 
a lot of what I do is create uh, videos, uh, screen videos or things like that, uh, particularly on the iPad or on an iPhone. Uh, iPhones, by the way, right now, as far as I know, do not participate in universal control. It's the iPads only. Um, but then uh, you can just take and drag something off of the iPad even though the iPad is not physically connected, you can reach over using the cursor control on the trackpad from my MacBook onto the iPad screen, grab a video or a picture or a block of text, and simply drag it over and drop it into a document that I'm writing that is on my MacBook. That one just blew me away when I did that, and uh, I created a PDF of a page that I created in Pages, and I just drug the PDF and put over and put it back on my MacBook uh, or on my iPad, and it just goes across seamlessly. So not only can I control there, but I can transfer documents and text back and forth between them, and it, that is where I, I think the real advantage of this is. Right, because now when you wanted to maybe save a graphic or um, a picture, you could airdrop it, but that required you to to save it somewhere, and then you had to open it up where here you can just grab it and just pull it right over. Just grab it and pull it. Yeah, basically I can reach across into the middle of a document, uh, select some text over on the iPad, and then just uh, drag that text over and put it into whatever I'm working to on the other machine. It basically gives me the ability to treat it as though it's one very large single machine. Right. And it's, you know, helpful in spreadsheets or uh, if you're composing letters or uh, any kind of documents that requires you to, to add text or graphics to it rather than have, having to save it to a, a file and just drag it right over. So. That's right. Dragging it over, it's a one less step. Uh, you don't have to go through uh, the processes of uh, setting up uh, AirDrop and, and getting AirDrop to work back and forth between them. There are some interesting things that I've run across, and, and one of them I, I find kind of surprising. And that was I was trying to demonstrate this the other day to somebody, and there wasn't enough room to set the iPad next to the Mac that I was working on on the table. So I set it on the table behind me, and I discovered that was a very bad idea because uh, if you're going to be typing on the iPad, I want to be able to see what I'm typing. Right, right. That's <laughs> and the keyboard, pretty helpful. keyboard was behind my back, or the iPad was behind <laughs> yeah. my back, one or the other. Um, one of the things I did notice in the, some of the documentation is it did indicate that you um, had about a 30-foot range on this, so the Bluetooth range seems to apply here. Uh, I wouldn't try to control something that was quite that far away, uh, but in theory you could. Um, I was thinking maybe one of the advantages of this would be if you had your iPad set up to display to a, a projector, uh, a large screen of some kind, uh, that uh, you could then control it from, your, uh, from a MacBook at some place in the audience. Um, I haven't found that it works the other way. I haven't found that I can control my MacBook from my iPad. I haven't actually tried that. <laughs> well, that'd be something. That'd be a good experiment. That would be a good experiment to try. Um, the other thing I tried was I, I said, "What what would happen if I tried to took, uh, hook up two MacBooks to uh, or the iPads? I'm sorry, to a single MacBook? Mm -hmm. And yes, you can do that. But I discovered a really interesting bug when I did that. It was the shift key all of a sudden stopped working on the iPad. So I couldn't hold the shift key down and create a capital letter. Uh, after fooling around with this for a while, I did discover that if I put the caps lock on on the MacBook, that that would send a capital letter. But uh, not uh, just the shift key itself didn't work. And uh, surprisingly, after I shut one of the iPads down, it didn't fix the problem. 
However, if I shut everything down and start it back up again, then it does work correctly with a single iPad. So you had to go through the settings and everything to set yeah. it back up. Yeah. I see. Uh, the way you have to set this up is you go into your display settings. And what you will see on your display setting is a new button at the bottom of the display setting, uh, universal control, and you have to go in there and turn it on. It does indicate it's still beta. It's still in beta. It's not a, a completely finished product yet. Uh, and, and there's at least two switches on there that you have to throw on the top two, and then there's a third one about automatically trying to reconnect. I don't have it automatically trying to reconnect on mine. Once you've turned on universal control, then over on the left-hand side at the bottom of the display panel on the MacBook is another drop-down uh, where you select the monitor or the device you want to connect to, and you will see in there that your device is actually listed twice. There are two different sections that suddenly show up. One that says link keyboard and mouse, and the other one that says mirror display. And so if you use the mirror display, then it's uh, treating it as though uh, it's in the sidecar mode or it, it's uh, using that kind of philosophy. If you choose it, the uh, iPad in the link keyboard and mouse, then you're in the universal control mode with it. So you kind of have to be careful there. If you don't see the two different sections, then for some reason it's not working. Um, I think also one of the requirements is you have to have one of the later model iPads you can't use an older iPad for this. It, it needs some of the newer chips that uh, are out there for the connection capability to make it work. It'd be interesting to see if you had uh, an iMac and a laptop, a MacBook Pro, and an iPad, uh, if you would still run into that same issue with the, the caps. Uh, uh, it would be, uh, and I don't have uh, that uh, luxury of having that, but uh, some of the examples that I've uh, seen on uh, YouTube and so forth and uh, some of the demonstrations that we saw from Apple, if what you have available to you is an iMac and, say, a Mac Mini or a uh, MacBook or something like that, uh, one of the demonstrations I've seen is where they hooked it up so the Mac Mini or the uh, iMac actually connected to the MacBook, and that was a uh, kind of a physical connection between those, and then they did a, a universal control over to an iPad, but it'd be interesting to see whether or not you could actually do universal control to all the devices as you want to cross. So I think there's a lot more experimentation that we want to do um, looking at it that way and, and seeing how we put all the pieces together. Sure, and, it, and it's, uh, you know, that you note it, it's still a beta, so they know that there's going to be issues, and, you know, when we have those issues, if we report them, then they'll hopefully clean that up. I'm sure they will, yeah. and, and I'm sure that there are a lot of, lot of testing and so forth going on with this, but it's, it's really kind of interesting, and I think it's showing a direction for things in the future that uh, what we uh, really want to do moving forward with this is, is trying to find a way uh, to have our devices and have them work together and talk to each other uh, in a seamless fashion. Well, after talking to you and about how we can move text and graphics around, it's going to be very helpful for me uh, when I edit my website because yes. a lot of times I will have information that I want to drag from either any kind of documents I have or a web page into the, to edit the site, well, this will really be helpful in doing that. So that's just a little um, preview of the newest release of the Universal Control, and uh, hope that you all play around with it. Just make sure that you have 
all the uh, updated software on your devices. Right. And that you, uh, if you are having a problem, make sure that your device, the, the hardware supports that. So, But with that, I think we're going to end it for today, and we'll see you next week, Chet. All right. Sounds good, Gary. And uh, hopefully everybody will be in control. Yes, sir. <laughs>